Hooray! Another OT winner. Good evening, everyone. It is Saturday night, November 23rd, 2019, and your San Jose Sharks are on a roll once again. They win their seventh of eighth games played. They beat the hottest team in the NHL, arguably, the New York Islanders, 2-1 to one in overtime. Hashtag two or fewer. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live and after post-game show. We do this for you after every single game, so do us a favor. If you are in the chat, come on in, join us. Teal together is what we would say. So, uh, you know, hit us up on the chat and the page of the app. Follow us on our social, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, you name it. And for more Sharks content, Hit us up at tealtownusa.com. Let's let's get right into one thing here, Ian, as I bring in Mr. Ian Reed. Puck guy, don't have your AOL ruin this for us. If not, we will publicly go after Xfinity if anything happens. So Yeah. Uh we'll say hello to the Mr. Angry Canadian robot that is Ian Reed. Hey everyone, how's it going? Um the Sharks won, yay! <laughs> And you're all wondering how I'm gonna ruin it for you. <laughs> oh, I, I can, I can, I, I think, definitely say that there are a few things we could talk about ruining this this overtime victory. Um, but let's get at it because I think honestly, um, the Islanders coming in, you know, uh, sixteen game point streak. Uh, they've had 17 different goal scorers, 11 players with game-winning goals. They had three comeback wins. Brock Nelson's what scored two overtime game winners just in this week alone. It's like, holy heck, man! I mean, give them, give them all the uh, kudos that you want, but man, oh man, yeah. <laughs> It, All right. This is good. Like when the sharks do good, it's good. It's Expert analysis good. hashtag. <laughs> Kurt Ridgewell, listen to the podcast after every episode. First time tuning in live, go sharks. Kurt, yeah, welcome to the live show. This is the way to do it. This yeah. is this is where like is. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to it after the fact. Listening to the replay is totally awesome, and I appreciate everyone that does it. But um, when you do it live, um, obviously you can interact with us in the chat. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the chat. We try to get to as much of it as possible. And uh, so welcome to the live experience. And I hope it's everything you hoped it would be. Yes. Appreciate it. Join in. Tell your friends. Sonic Tonic, after the last two games, can people leave our goaltending alone? At least for now, please. For Pete's sake, LOL. That was an awesome win and two great ones in a row. I'm stoked. Yeah, Jones, Jones, and Dell have a have a stay of execution for me for at least a couple of games. <laughs> hey, you know what? I uh, absolutely. I th I think we went from having a lineup without Tomas Hurdle, uh, 
playing 11 forwards, 7 defensemen, and it worked for two straight games. So let's yeah. get let's get into it. The Sharks hoping to uh, they come home for one home game and then they will head back out on the road for one whole road game. But the hottest team in the league they hadn't they hadn't lost in regulation since October 11th, which is crazy. Uh, things looked promising in a minute six in. Pellick takes a tripping call that sets up a Sharks power play. It would be the only power play the Sharks would have tonight. Um, you see at 6.55, Shimmick takes a hooking call. Uh, you you definitely get two posts and, and a crossbar in that power play. But what did you see early on from the Sharks and how they were staying with the Islanders in the first yeah, I think when they came out and they played they played a, a good steady game, I thought they they started by playing a pretty simple game, which I really feel like when the Sharks have success this year, you look at how they're playing and, and they play a lot more of a simple game. I find when this team tries to pretend it has the talent down the lineup that it no longer has is when they get into trouble. Um, but I thought like to start off, I thought they made a lot of simple plays, a lot of, you know, a lot of quick plays too. Like there was still a good efficiency um, in the rate that, you know, the, of the passes and the way they were transitioning up and down the ice. Um, and really until they started getting into penalty trouble, really was a really, you know, they looked like they were the ones controlling the game a little bit to start. And then they started getting into penalty trouble. And then the Islanders, you know, kind of got going. It's hard when you're constantly killing penalties to, to maintain that kind of pressure. So, but before the penalty trouble started for the, the Sharks, I thought, you know, um, this was you, you, you looked at this the way they came out and you felt for you should have felt really good about it because it, it's one of the best starts they've had all year. I, I think so. I mean, yeah, they didn't get a goal right off of right off the get go. But I mean, I thought they played really good defensively. They got their offensive chances. I, I thought they were skating pretty well for for a while, especially in the first period. But then the second period happened, <laughs> and yes. it just seemed like a, a parade to the box. It would be 37 seconds in. There was a fight between Dylan and Sezikis. Dylan taking the exception to maybe a little bit of a high hit on. Uh, I'm I'm thinking it's uh, Ferraro. Um, you know, it, it's just. I, I get it. Um, didn't seem like there was much to it, to be honest. Yeah. You know. Uh, and then uh, 620. I, I, I love seeing Jones stoning Nelson on the breakaway that just yeah, developed. And then the quick transition. Dylan gets to Thornton. Thornton feeds it up to Mario Ferraro. He f- feeds a beautiful saucer pass to Sorensen, was ready for it. Bangs it in at at six thirty eight one nothing San Jose. What did you think of the goal? It was really, I mean, just the 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 six sauce on that pass. Um, <laughs> yes. Mario Ferraro though had a hell of a game. Like for for you know a guy who had a few hiccups. Like look, he's he's a rookie. He's gonna have some hiccup games, and he definitely has had some. I not maybe I, I'd say a couple before the Vegas game. I, I thought he was fine in the Vegas game. Um, before the Vegas game though, like I thought, yeah, okay. Um, a couple of hiccup games, but he was one of the Sharks' best players tonight. 
easily. And he's definitely developed into a solid player that's not going to get three or four minutes from PDB, especially when you're playing, you know, five or six D down the road. But tonight they played seven. Unfortunately for San Jose, the they, they, oh. well, that's true. <laughs> Christine Mario, my new hockey son. Yes, uh, I think he's definitely making some some fans in San Jose. Uh uh, let's see, Troy Davidson, Isles could do nothing wrong in the ref's eyes. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, there were a couple of them, but honestly, if you look at every single call, those are pretty, those were all in there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I thought like there was a couple of plays where I thought, you know, right before the Sharks get called, I thought the Islanders probably got away with one. And I don't, there's so many penalties, I can't tell you, but before which ones, <laughs> but, um, I mean, Kevin LeBanc took some really bad penalties tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Banker had a rough night. Uh, it, it didn't didn't help anything when uh, 27 seconds later, Sasekis has the puck go off his glove and in uh, from Pelican Pollock. Uh, the Sharks would challenge us. I, I thought it was a dumb challenge, to be honest. I, yeah, I, I mean, you know what? I understand people being upset that the Sharks never get the calls or whatever, but if you <laughs> want to win a goaltender interference call, maybe make sure it's goaltender interference before you throw out the challenge. Yeah. Um, I didn't like this challenge at all. Um, I had a few people on the Twitter machine kind of be like, no, man, look at that's That's a play. But really, it kind of goes back to like what I said, like the last game. There's there's high percentage and and low percentage calls for goaltender interference. I don't even think like I'm pretty sure it was burn stick that caused the interference. If there was, um, like I just I don't like that call. Like I I understand the sharks penalty kills really good, so I guess you can kind of throw a dart. But <laughs> like I mean, if you look like to me, that is where you know after that was it really started to lean heavily in favor of the Islanders. And right. That was, you know, that was a, if the sharks, if the sharks would have lost this game, that's the point we would have looked at and said, that was the turning point. Thankfully they didn't. Right. Um, but if, but if that was happened, we'd probably be talking about right now about, Oh, the turning point of the dumb goaltender interference, uh, call that just turned the game, you know, and just gave the Islanders all the momentum. And for the most part it did, but the sharks were able to stick with it. Thankfully. Yeah, and they they persevered through it all. Um, of course, they lost a challenge that gives them a, a, a penalty, which conveniently was served by Kevin LeBanc of all things. Uh, the the Islanders wouldn't do anything there. But a quick shout out to Johnny Eleven Twenty One staying up late tonight. Ah, yes, since I live on Lock Island, I get to rock my Sharks jersey tomorrow when I'm out. Sweet, rock nice. that teal, rock that teal, Johnny for sure. Uh, you know who wasn't rocking the penalty box? Uh, Lukas the penalty Red... box is rocking plenty of teal. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, that's true. Uh, good point, Ian. Good point. Uh, Lukas Radil, uh, 12.08, takes a tripping call uh, after some relentless pressure by the Islanders. Uh, you know, just like, ay ay ay, Just bad. 16.42... LeBanc would take a slashing call. Brutal. Like just LeBanc has to be better. He knows it. Yeah. And, and continue on in the, in the third period, Patrick Marlowe, who I thought was going to get a penalty, was going to draw a penalty, ends up taking a tripping call there. 
uh, at 12.26, LeBang takes another tripping call. You saw this expression where, you know, uh, we could we could say it, but then we would add it to the swear jar. Uh, just, right. a, just a rough night all around. That being said, that being said, I mean, my goodness, the the pe- the penalty kill. I mean, gay that it's number one, but I mean, how many times are you going to be going to the box? I mean, don't they listen to Zach Croft for crying out loud? He right. said it yeah. a billion gazillion times. Get out of the box. I I mean. Yeah, look at the Sharks penalty kills it has been solved this year. It was it was a big reason why they won the last game. It was a big part of the reason they won this one. Um but you know, like you you know the adage about playing with fire and and for I don't care how good your penalty kill is, eventually it's going to bite you. And the amount of times that the Sharks went to the box for some of the calls they didn't have to take. I mean, yes, I understand like I wasn't a huge fan of the refereeing tonight i thought um it was a little lopsided but you know like i said like those lebank plays um for sure um probably the redeal one too i didn't really like you have to you have to play with a little more discipline especially when the calls are being landslided against you it's you know it's really not the time because i thought just some of those plays probably a little bit you know, a little little bit of ag- alligator mm. arms going on there because, again, your penalty killer's got a damn workout tonight. Um, and I think when you look at, you know, there's probably going to be people complaining, well, so-and-so didn't get many shifts. Again, you're on the penalty kill most of the night. Right. These things are going to happen. You're... So it's it's not good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, four paws up for hockey. Who the heck gives Patty a penalty? Well, yeah. Unfortunately, I think his chances for the lady being are now gone. Marty T, since our PK is so good, I see PDB making lots of unnecessary challenges this year. Um, well, I mean, he he loved it before when he just loses timeout. I, I think they'd be a little more careful right now because you don't want to... I mean, I understand the idea of, of, you know, you can make a challenge and hope your PK does it, but really, you're not really... It's kind of like, at least before when you lost your timeout, like, it was a really... You know, you kind of got that an extended timeout out of it because the time it would take for them to review a call. Um, I, I don't see that this year because, yeah, the penalty kill has been good, but do you really want to, you know, like tonight where your penalty killers are probably chewing up a lot more ice than you want them to? I don't I don't know. That doesn't seem like a, a path to success for me. I, I could understand it in the old era when, you know, oh, big deal, I lost the timeout, but I actually gained like seven minutes of timeout because they're incompetent and they couldn't find the the puck on their nintendo ds <laughs> yes not the same like i don't know yeah uh jf turner i i'm not sure many would agree with you there i'd rather have Haley than radeal radeal went on a ridiculous stretch like around this time last year and that's where he got his one-year contract extension uh just hasn't been working out too well uh you know. But again, like this is like this is the thing that's frustrating though, and I, I'm and I'm gonna do this quick because I know you guys don't like me ranting too much when we win. I understand. <laughs> I'm gonna behave, but like this is where Doug Wilson needs to do something because this is again another guy that keeps drawing into the lineup because that's the guy that he's that Peter DeBoer has been given that gets stable to the bench for extended periods. I mean, the Sharks were playing with basically nine forwards by the time this is all said and done. Yeah. It's stupid. I mean, and, and we talked about this with Burns, Carlson, and Vlasic. 
that you're just going to tire them out early on. You don't want to tire out your nine forwards. Um, something's well, got to give, but your hands are guys tied. Making dumb mistakes. Well, it's easy to make a stupid mistake when you're tired. It's easy to take a shortcut and trip someone because you're tired. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, Patrick Tire says, "Just say no to Michael Haley." Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, that's everyone should do that. I was, I was so thankful when I was so sure I was positive when they made that move for Gregor to put him down, and then like Haley's on waves, like, oh god, right. no, not again. Like, and I just, <laughs> I was so positive it was going to happen, and I'm so glad I was wrong. Right. Uh, fanatical teal bleeder uh, EK65 has improved. Though you got to give him that. Yeah, he has improved. I mean, obviously, his giveaways aren't as bad, um, right? I don't. I, I am not like. I I don't know. I I am not nearly as down on Eric Carlson as other people are. Uh, he seems so. You don't have to convince me. Yeah, it seems more focused on defensive end recently. Yeah, I I think I think everybody for that matter. I think even Burns has been there since that Edmonton game earlier this week. I, You know, I mean, that ever since, I mean, Carlson's really, ever since they put Carlson and Vlasic back together, um, I, I don't like the amount of stick checking instead of body checking that defensive pair does, and I've said that a hundred times, but the numbers speak for themselves. <laughs> James Maloney, PDB, if I can't play Melker, I'll just play, go with 11 forwards. And if I could have 12 Melkers, I would just play that. Oh, God. <laughs> Which probably wouldn't surprise me. Cloning facility. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Jeez, yeah. So so back and forth. I mean, definitely a goalie duel between Simeon Varlamov and Martin Jones. And, you know, a lot of people were saying that maybe they they would feed off of each other. And you know what? Perhaps so. I mean, Dell put up a heck of a performance against... Vegas on Thursday night, Jones comes back in on this one where, you know, he, uh, you know, he, he makes 27 of 28 saves. Um, now judging by my math, that's pretty good at 964 save percentage. Yeah, it it was, it's a good, it's a good night for Martin Jones. Martin Jones had a really solid night tonight. Um, you know, he didn't face, uh, you know, he, he faced enough shots. Uh, it wasn't like it was an absolute shooting gallery out there. Right. Um, but I'm certainly not going to take anything away from Martin Jones's game tonight. I thought, you know, a lot of my criticisms of Martin Jones, I thought he was a lot more aggressive tonight. I thought, you know, you saw him at the tip of his crease a lot. Um, maybe he got a little over aggressive in some situations. And that's what your defensemen are supposed to do is bail you out. But um, if Martin Jones had more games like this, the Sharks would not be in the situation they're in right now. Right. And uh, for for the number of saves he made tonight and, and, and defensively sound a little bit more, uh, they've been playing very well. I mean, there you go. So 27 or 20 uh, shots for 964 save percentage. Definitely yeah. got to give, give kudos to Martin Jones for the way he played tonight and uh keeps the team moving along uh, especially because it could have been it could have been really like you know like this game the way it turned after that that call with the you know the momentum really i thought shifted into uh the islanders way a lot and obviously being on the power play nonstop is going to help that right but you know the sharks 
to their credit, I mean, they could have folded up like a cheap suit, um, and we've seen them do that this year, and you know, and, and that would have been that. Um, but no, I mean, Martin Jones stuck with it. Martin Jones is the big reason they won tonight, and I've not been a big Martin Jones guy this season, um, but you know what? Like I said, I, I have no problem giving the devil his due, and if we can get more games like this out of Dell and Jones, because I... You know, with the way Dell had a game, I mean, if Jones had a crappy game, you know, they could have just gone back to Dell. But now, you know, Jones has made a, a statement game, I think. And he's, you know, he's earned his next start. He's He's got to continue to be the guy. Because Aaron Dell, I thought he had a great game, but I don't like the idea of Aaron Dell being the guy long term. So uh, Jones has got to be that guy. So if, you know, if we can get lots more games like this out of him, then um, it's going to be easy to continue that climb over 500 now that we're over it now it's an issue of getting higher above 500 and you know getting back into this playoff race yeah uh, well playoffs 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 <laughs> uh john john thank you very much for your super chat donation of course all donations go to help support the program and the website immensely so thank you very much uh from john john was there only four icing calls the entire game this game, if it if it weren't for for uh, you know going into overtime, this game was co- going quick. I think we were like nine forty local time when we were like nearing the end of like five minutes to go in regulation. Uh, I was starting to think, oh boy, we we might have a a thirty minute lag before we go on the air if if this thing ends in regulation. But uh, yeah, it it seemed like there this thing went on really quick yeah i yeah there was there was not a lot of commercial breaks like i i I felt like it was like oh intermission i just you know instead of like commercial break it was like oh it's it's intermission all right cool yeah like it's just yeah this game flew by so uh john john thank you for that uh of course it would end at 2 30 on on well, what was an exciting overtime Thursday night in Vegas? Not so much Saturday night, and honestly, I I think I saw a little bit of of Kevin LeBanc wanting to atone for his mistakes, and I think he was trying to get get it to go, and it was just like just couldn't find an opening right away, and uh, but eventually Kane would find an opening. Uh, Kane made an opening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, like, he didn't find one. He made one. He just kind of pushed his way through, which is exactly what you want to see from a guy like Evander Kane. Bingo. And he sets up Logan Couture with another nice sauce pass. He one times at home. Couture becomes Captain Clutcher, his second overtime winner in as many nights. Sharks win yeah. two to one on that one. Uh, you're yeah, because overall... I think. Go ahead. I was gonna. I was just gonna say. I mean, next to Jones, I think a guy who's okay, other than Eric Carlson, Eric Carlson aside, next to Jones, a guy who's getting probably a ton of heat during everything that's gone on was Logan Couture, and he has done plenty to. I mean, I think he's his own biggest critic, but he's definitely done a lot to quiet that stuff down from for him on his front as well, um, which is good to see because you want to see, um, I, you know, you obviously want to see results. Um, but you know, a good leader leads by example and you can't argue he hasn't done that last couple of games. Right. 
and he's uh, he. Everybody on this team has played well defensively. Sound, I mean, my goodness. I mean, seven of eight. They've found different ways to get the job done. Whether it's winning six five against Minnesota, or going yep. two or fewer. Which, by the way, um, you know, I know we Brody gets gets going with his two or fewer thing, but this one is a um, this one this one is unbelievable. Forty third straight victory of winning a game with while allowing their opponents two or fewer goals. Uh, they do that one more time when like either two one or one nothing. Uh, they will break the NHL record. So they've tied that with this one, the two or fewer. Um, I, I I can't explain how the how they do it. Well, they can score. I mean, if you look at like it seems like it just seems like common sense. If you can hold a team to like two goals or less, you you should have a pretty good chance to win a hockey game. Um, but I guess, you know, then there's like, then there's, there's teams like, you know, uh, like Arizona at some parts last year where their offense was just absolutely anemic and you're losing one, nothing games. But I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I think it's one of the more, I don't know, this annoys me to no end. I don't know why it bugs me so much. Um, and it's not because I dislike Brody. I love Brody, but I, I just, this, this is one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, duh. Like if you allow two or less goals, you're probably going to win as long as you're, as long as your offense isn't completely anemic and the Sharks offense hasn't really been, you know, I mean, the Sharks have just lost a lot of scoring. Yeah. And that's the scoring, right? Like, like a lot of the games where they've lost, they've lost by a lot of goals. Um, (laughs) excuse me sorry there's been like a lot of goals scored you know you're losing like five four games and stuff like that like i don't know yeah. it is what it is and, and that's how they get it done uh john john again with the super chat donation thank you very much uh yeah, if true is if truth is that a record for low icings in the game that is a fantastic question i don't even know where you'd look to find that out <laughs> we may have to uh get to uncle darren stevens but yeah i mean yeah. if it's it was for that's that's pretty amazing uh definitely contributed for everything uh going quickly tonight uh you know uh felix in amazement here i'm constantly amazed by the player's ability to sauce those passes that might be a basic skill in the nhl but that ain't easy no no that is not an easy thing to do um like i think if yeah a good tape to tape saucer pass that's there's there's some skill there especially at the speed that um these guys play at like it's just unreal um to do that like yeah like i'm sure someone's gonna be in there like oh eventually i just you know saucer pass all the time you play like at like a quarter of the speed of the nhl but uh, sleepy mofo come on sleepy mofo come on brody shilling of two or fewer is almost as bad as his stash. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I will. I will. I will take Brody's stash over Austin. I uh, excuse me. San Ramon native Austin Matthews's stash. I mean, Matthews stash is mm-mm. no, no. 
<laughs> oh, and of course, AO12345 says, I saw those passes in NHL 19 all the time. Well, they, yeah, yeah. so do I. Pro. Pro. Uh, so final uh, final uh, stats, 28-26 in favor of the Islanders in this one. Face-offs, the, the Sharks pretty dominated the, this one tonight. Uh, 53 to 47% in the face-off circle. You had Evander Kane perfect on there. Dylan Gambrell was struggled with it at 29%, but everybody else was in that 40 to 60% range uh, this evening. Uh, power plays, the Sharks, their lone one was like a minute into the game. Uh, and the Islanders, you know, 0 for 6, that's something that's going to bite them in the butt, you know. So, uh, yeah. You know, uh, tough one to take. Seventeen to seven, the 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 penalties in there were thirty-one twenty-two in the hits, uh, eighteen to fourteen in the blocks. That's that's interesting in favor of San Jose. Giveaways eight to seven. Um, you mentioned before that you know with the penalty killing, there's going to be some you know slightly out you know lopsided uh, uh, times. Evander Kane twenty-three minutes. Uh, with nearly three minutes in the penalty kill. Uh, Marcus Sorensen played nearly 20 minutes because he played five minutes on the PK. Barkley Goodrow, yeah. 63% in the face-off circle, spent six minutes in the fa- in the uh, PK. Uh, and let's see here. Uh, Dylan, 30 minutes. Ferraro, 14. Vlasic, 21. Uh Eric Carlson nearly 24, and the same with Burns at 24. And the thing there with the Vlasic and Carlson, just Excuse to me. you know emphasize that that was they were on the ice for almost uh, almost seven minutes of penalty kill for Eric Carlson, and Vlasic was on for just over six and a half. Yeah, definitely, and, and all around a nice solid win. Two or two to one, your final. The Sharks win their win seven out of their last eight and slowly climbing the standings uh, in, in the Pacific Division. Uh, in fact, I mean, yes, I know where's Rocky to say if the playoffs start tomorrow. We're not going to talk about that, but if you go look at the Pacific Division, they're one point behind Vegas now. They're just three points behind Vancouver for the number three spot. And five points away from Arizona. So a, a good run there. It's, it's getting there. And you know what? I, like, I'm just looking in the division here. Give me a second. Like, it's not like the like the division isn't really lighting the world on fire right now either. True. Like, like look at, like, the Oilers, 5-3-2 and two in the last 10. Arizona, 5-4-1. and one. You know, um, Vancouver three five two, Vegas three five and two. I mean, there's definitely, you know, not nothing in front of them is lighting the world on fire. This is the exact time that you need to start putting together the wins. You know, and the Sharks are eight two and zero in their last ten, and they've obviously won two in a row against really tough teams. And I think they've, you know, they there was, could you pick apart their game a little bit in the last two games? Yes, but there's still a lot to like about their last two games, and there's still. You know, if you can get more games like this, and obviously, especially from your goaltending, I mean, you can definitely do plenty to erase because none of these teams that are in front of you in the Pacific, they're not, they're not like, they're not just racking up the points right now. 
Um, you know, if, like Edmonton's probably going to pick up a, a win here over Vegas if they haven't already. But I mean, other than that, it's not like they're lighting the world on fire. No one is. Uh, and I think that's when you need to strike because, um, you know, a lot of these teams, you know, the Sharks are are digging out, a, out of a hole that they dug themselves into. But on the same token, a lot of these teams are playing themselves out of all those points they put in the bank early on. Right. And and you look at what the I think the stars and the sharks were were really hitting the cellar and uh, you know Dallas has turned it around big time. Sharks are doing the same thing, and it's just been a welcome sight indeed for a team that should be you know close to the top of the of the division standings. Uh, gets the the job done in some form, of course. So. Sharks win two to one. Uh, I think it's only the time. Only the time, right? Always. Uh. Have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. Ooh, Barracuda. And as we start the wraparound, let's talk about the San Jose Barracuda. Uh, had a rough one last night, losing uh, to Tucson, or excuse me, losing to Colorado. And this one, uh, this afternoon, earlier today, amazing how we're not complaining about the ice because both teams won. But earlier today, the uh, San Jose Barracuda put a put a whooping on their old goaltender Antoine Bebo. Uh, Bebo gets shellacked three goals on 10 shots in the first period and he sees the rest of the, the night or the rest of the day from the bench. Bakuda wins six to two in this one. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think everybody, but, um, Ivan Djokovic, uh, picked up a point in this one. Yeah. Chemileski finally coming back from, uh, from injury, had himself a game, which is nice because um, I think the Sharks definitely, as they continue their fourth line Rolodex, um, it's good. You know, you're like always oh, nice to have options. So you can play your 17th, 18th, 19th, fourth line player. <laughs> Joseph Cornash goes to five, five and one on the on the year, stopping 39 shots on his way to a fifth win on the season. In uh, uh, you know a strong start by the uh, by the uh, Barracuda definitely got them going. Uh, Colorado would get two later in the third period, but it would end up being too late to uh, to make it a game. So the Cuda win six to two. Uh, that reminder to check out in the reef uh, with Kevin Lacey. Uh, it is our Barracuda centric podcast. So definitely, uh, definitely a good good lookout for you uh to do that in fact troy davidson what what do our prospects look like for up coming up to the team uh, <sighs> it's a rolodex man it's it's not <laughs> it's not good yeah. like i don't know i mean we could we can sit here and and nitpick and argue but really the the the, the end of the day the fact of the matter is is that there isn't a whole lot of difference between you know I like I would play a guy like Noah Gregor over Lucas Radil 
but let's not pretend this is a huge chasm between them. Yeah. Like that's that that's the reality, unfortunately. Um, and I, honestly, and there's and there's some guys like I, there's some guys that I just would wish they would stay on the AHL team and, and get the the minutes, you know, and and help hone their craft um playing bigger minutes than they're going to play under peter DeBoer, so it's it's hard um but i mean the sharks the sharks need help on that fourth line big time and i don't know if it's a waiver claim that's going to fix it i don't you know uh, they've got to find a guy yeah well you know they didn't bring back (laughs) Haley, thank god but um but I mean, but at the end of the day, it's got to be a guy that Peter DeVore is going to play. And I just don't know if there's anyone on the Barracuda that unless they come up here and blow Peter DeVore's socks off. And I'm not expecting that um, to really lock down that spot. That's been just a cycling door. I mean, obviously, as painful as it is, as soon as Milker Carlson's healthy, then he'll get help. And, you know, then he'll get back in and then maybe we'll stop dressing seven defensemen. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Man. It's just it's. There, there's some guys that I like, but at the end of the day, the guys that I like are probably not going to show enough defensive acumen at the NHL level for Peter DeBoer to give them time. I, I know a lot of people are like, what about Joachim Blickfeld? Joachim Blickfeld seems to be able to put the puck in the net. Yeah, but, you know, he's going to make one stupid mistake on the defensive side of the puck and then he's going to have his ass stapled to the bench for the rest of the game. And that's just the reality of it. And how frustrating can that be? I mean, it's like you finally get up to the league and you're making your debut and you're on the pine because you're sitting for four minutes. It's like, come on, you're crying out loud, you know? Well, it yeah, it's I mean, it is it is what it is at this point, right? Like, I don't really. I, I've addressed this a thousand million trillion times. I don't need to do it again. You guys, you guys know the score at this point. We know how Peter DeBoer coaches this team, and for better or worse, it is what it is. Yep. Uh, super chat from John. 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 You're killing it tonight, man. Uh, why it. do we start so off slow every year? Um, I think this year it was. This one's was, a little different. This one was a. I mean, there was a lot of problems going on, and I think there's a lot of blame to go around. I think there was. Um, there was definitely some chemistry issues early on. I thought that, you know, some of the guys that they didn't have are guys that have, you know, like, I think a guy like Jonas Donskoy, for example, maybe wasn't, you know, letting the world on fire on the scoreboard, at least not here, of course. Um, but he was a guy who had an engine, you know, he was a guy that was just dogmatic on the puck and when we started the season we didn't have enough guys that were going to go in the corner and fight and get the puck other than like Evander Kane and there was a lot of people waiting for someone else to do it for them um you combine that with an incredibly slow start by um a guy like uh Eric Carlson who I thought had a really rough start to the season uh Mark Edward Vlasic had a really rough start to the season um and I feel like those like those two had a kind of a slow start last year before they finally kind of got going and that I think that was a huge really a huge part of why the Sharks were so terrible to start was because a they're waiting for someone to go and do it for them um no one wanted to go and do the work themselves and you had a really slow start from guys that you expect well I mean Eric Carlson is more of a you know push the puck up the ice guy but when your stay-at-home defensive defenseman can't seem to defend, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. 
Shemlevsky, according to Shang Peng, revealed that he suffered a foot injury in the first game of the season with the Barracuda. Played through it for five more games in October, but the injury lingered. He says he's fully recovered now. It shows showed this afternoon with a goal and an assist. Uh, you know, definitely some a sign to see. You, you saw Leanne Bergman with the goal. Uh, de- I'm trying to think of who else. Gregoire uh, mm-hmm. with the goal and assist. Blickfeld with a goal and assist. Helga Watts with a goal and assist. Uh, Latunov with two assists. On there, uh, definitely a good solid win that the Barracuda definitely needed uh, tonight. Yeah, I mean the Barracuda. I mean you want to see something you do want to see from the Barracuda. Those you're gonna see a little. They just haven't really been consistent so far. Um, you know, it seems like they have this. They have a great game, and then there's a stinker, and then there's a great game, and there's a stinker, and you know maybe they just need to find that kind of a mellow point. But again. Um, you know, Kevin Lacey is the guy that you want to talk to because he's seen more games. I haven't seen any real Barracuda games yet, so I've kind of just listened to Kevin and yep. kind of draw conclusions from <laughs> from my rear end, oh, apparently. Oh, jeez. No, I, I, I wouldn't say that too far. Uh, there's someone asked who Sasha was playing. I'm looking at some replays here. Looks like he was with Helga Watts and uh, Jeffrey Veal. Uh, throughout the games. I like Jeffrey Vale. I mean, he's never going to be an NHLer, but I like that guy. Definitely has some promise to him. But, yeah, I'm not sure. I just like him as a player. I mean, I don't think he's a... I like the way he plays the game. I don't think he's an NHLer, but I do like the way he plays the game. He's... So let's move on to the NHL uh, part of the sure. wraparound here. Uh, in Washington, the Vancouver Connects go to 12, 8, and 4... Uh, as uh, they went in a shootout 2-1, to one. Elias Pedersen with the uh, lone regulation goal for the Canucks, Verana, uh, you know, wow. Both goals in the first period and early on, and then nothing for that. So Markstrom and Holtby put on a show uh, tonight in D.C. In Philadelphia, another shoot, a game that went to a shootout, and unfortunately another three-point game, uh, in the NHL, the Flames win a shootout in uh, three to two over the Flyers. Uh, Calgary gets two goals in the uh, third period, including uh, Elias Lindholm at 18:37 to uh, get the game into overtime. So Calgary, Calgary now goes to 25 points on the campaign, kind of keeping pace with the Sharks as well. Uh, in Los Angeles. The Kings lose to the Desert Dogs 3-2 to two in that one. Uh, too little too late uh, for the for the uh, Kings, but the Coyotes go to 30 points on the year, and they continue to stay pace with the Edmonton Oilers. Apparently, maybe Mike Babcock was the issue. Uh, Maple Leafs win 5-3. to three. Nick Shore, Sam Ramonini of Austin Matthews, Tyson Berry, who was on the Schneid for the longest time, gets a power play goal. Kapanen, Hyman, uh, all with goals for this one. Grubauer takes a tough loss for the uh, Avalanche tonight. I mean, you look at Toronto. I mean, they look at um, do they pay a little too much for their elite talent? Yes, but they have elite talent. Like this team should be better than it's been playing. Um, and, and look, I, I think that 
when you change the coaching staff like that and look at some players have been very public of after playing for Babcock about you know how much they were super happy to not play for Babcock anymore and I think you're <laughs> seeing that from um I think Tyson Berry I think that was a case there because I mean and there was a lot of talk um before uh before this coaching change happened like is Tyson Berry going to stick around or is he going to be gone and then they're going to be really screwed right um so I mean you know you always get that new coach buff like it always seems to you know whenever a coach change happens 90 percent of the time I feel like usually you get a couple of games and then things kind of go back to normal um it's going to be interesting to see what happens when somebody punches them in the nose and they start to bleed a little <laughs> bit. And then it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what happens then for the Leafs. But uh, their fans should at least be happy. I mean, I would enjoy it while it lasts. But I'd, I'd like to see what happens if they get punched in the nose uh, a little bit and see how they respond. Yeah, John John with a super chat donation. Does the AHL have more than one camera angle this year? It varies by school. Never does. It varies by arena, you know. Yeah, it varies by arena, but generally not because, again, um, that's not an NHL game, right? Like, there's not a whole lot of – I mean, you're you're watching most of them. You're watching AHL Live. They're not on TV, so it's not like you're really getting any advertising revenue. So it's going to be – it's going to be a low budget operation. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be bare bones, low budget. It's it is what it is. I mean, it's kind of you'll see a lot of similar in most like most minor hockey. You watch I watch a lot of junior hockey, and you're generally stuck with one camera angle there too. Yeah. Maybe like one down low, but that might be it for sure. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets lose to the Winnipeg Jets four to three. Former Shark Gus Nyquist. Because I know Jerk would like that. Thing. I was gonna say I'm not Jerk. I don't know why you're doing this. Uh, to me. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, jeez. Um, uh, Andrew Cop with the game-winning goal under two minutes to go in regulation gets the victory for the Jets in this one. Uh, in Bean Town, it was wickedly wild uh, for the Bruins. They went five to four in overtime. Tori Krug with the game-winning goal. In that one, and of course, David Krejci with two goals in the thir- in 48 seconds to get the game into overtime. Sta- former Shark Alex Stalock takes the loss in this one. Phonetical uh, teal bleeder. Are the Sharks and Kuda the only same stadium duo? No, they are not. The Winnipeg Jets slash Manitoba Moose are the second. Yep. Uh, they share the same building. Uh Rangers beat the Canadians six to five in this one. Uh, Jacob Truba coming in to to uh, <laughs> end up getting the game winner. Th- that one, that one felt pain there. Max Domi with two goals in that one. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, gets on the Ducks six to two. The Ducks kind of reeling a little bit there. Uh, Kucherov gets his seventh. Uh, Braden Point with two uh, goals in this one. Uh, Vasilevsky takes the win. In New Jersey, the Devils beat the Red Wings 5-1 to one with a four-goal third period. Two from Coleman uh, to get the job done as Louis Domingue gets the victory over Jonathan Bernier. 
in Carolina, they storm surge tonight. They beat the Florida Panthers four to one. This one, uh, Sveshnikov uh, with his eleventh, and Aaron Ekblad in the losing cause gets his fifth. As Sergey Paprovsky is off the force once again. It- He's had an awful season, man. That contract, like. There's some contracts in the NHL look really bad, but oh man, that one's only in its first year. That is scary. Very scary. And, and you talk about people criticizing about Eric Carlson. I bet there would be a lot of criticism right now with Bobrovsky in South Florida. I got to stop something here too. Okay, guys, guys, McGinn, Jamie McGinn, we did this last show. Look, the Sharks aren't looking for a guy that can't stick on an NHL roster. They've got plenty of those guys already in the system that can't stick on an NHL roster. They're not going to take someone who can't stick on a roster somewhere else. Like, Jamie McGinn's not coming here. Stop. No. Just stop. You're, you're not getting the same McGinn uh, that they the Sharks traded, you know, for about, what, seven, eight years ago. I mean, that's seven, eight years ago. It's, it's not likely to happen. So, uh Let's finish up here. Predators 4-2 to two over the Blues in Missouri tonight. The Predators break out a three-goal first period and keep a stranglehold on it uh, right off the get-go. For- Philip Forsberg, 20 seconds in, set the tone uh, for the Predators in a tight match for them to get back into the playoff race at 10-9-3. and Blues go to 14-5-5. Dallas is now 9-0-1 in their last 10. They beat the uh, Chicago Blackhawks 2-1 in the shootout. Former Shark Joe Pavelski with one of the shootout goals in, in this one as Hudobin gets the victory for Dallas. And the Dallas Stars now 14-8-2 and in second place in the Central. The one that got the cheering in the tank tonight, the Oilers 4, the Golden Knights 2 Vegas falls to 11, 10, and 4. Uh, McDavid with I just, the fire I like, goals. I just the hate. I love the hate. Like, it's amazing <laughs> that that people in, in the tank will cheer the Oilers over. Like, I don't, I don't, I wonder, like, at this point, like, I would be so, because at this point, like, a lot of, like, these, this team's a meteor game for me. But, like, if the Kings right. were beating the, the, the Golden Knights, would the Kings get cheered in the tank? Like, is that how bad it is now? I mean, I would wish for a meteor, but I have to wonder. Right. Is that how much we hate Vegas now? And that is something else. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, cheap shot artist Cody Eakin uh, probably didn't crunch any, you know, nuts tonight, but he gets one of the two Vegas goals. Flurry takes the loss in this one for the Golden Knights. We talked about the Sharks 2-1. to one. That brings in... End to the wraparound. Uh, Felix coming in with this one. Puck guy, you're a Jersey guy. Obviously. Uh, thoughts on L.A. and Colorado Stadium Series jerseys. Oh, boy. Um, Colorado's kind of grown on me a little bit. I get Ooh, what they were trying. That's tr- the worst thing I, ever. The if they took that little triangle off the top and just let it be in mountain, it's got something, but it looks like they're attempting to do the upside down version of the Canucks jerseys from like 78 to 87. Um, L- <laughs> the LA Kings one. It, I mean, like, God, that's just bad. It looks, it honestly looks like it's like one of those 
Nike roller hockey jerseys you saw back in like 1994. Right. I mean, that yeah. just bad. Like it, it looks like it belongs. Like I would put that one like in a category with like the Burger King and Wild Wing and like that awful that well, like when the NHL just had those just disgustingly ugly for the most part like Arizona's third, even though it that one kind of grew on me, but it was still the Peyote Coyote. I, I mean, um, it's 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 in the it it, it belongs with those like it belongs in a vault with it, those it's so the king's one is so plain again i'll give them creative marks for the colorado one but the king's one is so plain that it's just oh my god and i know people who work for adidas and don't take this personally but no no we don't need that no i don't it's they're terrible it, it's just they're bad they should feel bad uh, and they're I mean, gonna the look bad just... in February. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, these games like they. I I feel like a lot of these stadium series games are, unless they involve like a more classic team. Like, and I know the Kings have been around forever, but right. um, I just feel like they're generally more misses than hits when it comes to stadium series jerseys for non-arbitrary six teams. And even then, sometimes they screw those up, too, somehow. <laughs> uh, the Arbitrary Six, yes. The NHL, the only league to make their original teams, you know, be all that fancy. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, they weren't original. I mean, they just happened to be the ones that were still in business after World War Two. <laughs> yes. Andy Man saying they're kind of a throwback. Christine says they look cheap, too. Uh, Ao with a it's a fanatics jersey. It's cheap by default. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, fanatical team leader. Uh, Kings jerseys always set to my opinion. Minus the brief purple. I love the purple jersey with the crown from the beginning of the millennium. That was one of my favorites. Um, Ian, you would probably know this better than I would. Mm. Uh, anyone know what, what they did in lieu of coach's corner tonight? I you know what I have honestly no idea. Uh, I did not watch Hockey Night in Canada tonight because I am trying to lose my citizenship. Oh my goodness! No, I, you know I, what? I, honestly, I can hear the Mounties coming your way right it, now. Yeah, there, there's there's a Mountie <laughs> SWAT team about to kick down my door and throw me over the, send me over the bridge, and then they'll decide they don't want me either and send me back, and I'll end up drowning in the river i guess we'll see uh spencer olsen apparently loves me and you might have to fight the girlfriend on that one uh, ian who's your favorite sharks player uh currently or all time go both let's go both currently my favorite sharks players timo meyer uh timo meyer is a guy that i just i love the way he plays obviously he's not having the best season this season so far but uh i am a big power forward guy so uh timo meyer in my opinion is like you know your stereotypical power forward like he's your he's like today's power forward i love that because i feel like power forward's kind of a dying breed um of all time igor larianov oh very nice um it's been well documented that my favorite sharks player is ray whitney um but uh i do have a soft spot for brent burns 
However, at the same time, I, I spell the name the same way. I I, I got to give some nod to Eric Carlson as well for me, you know. So, I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys like I think if you had to put me put a gun to my head, ask my favorites, I'd probably say Timo Meyer every time. Yeah, uh, all time. I've definitely got a little puck more, but uh, a little Mount puck more. But um, Igor Larionov is just like I think maybe sans Joe Thornton. I guess Joe Thornton would probably be on that list really, really high too. Um, but I, I mean, other than Joe Thornton, have we ever had a more talented, like just hockey player than Igor Larionov? I mean, he was right. just on another level. Um, and it's, you know, it's unfortunate that it took so long for those guys to make the jump over the pond because their best days were behind them by the time they joined the NHL. Uh, Of course, also Tomas Hurdle will definitely get some love. Uh, In fact, Andy Man saying right now, toss up Hurdle or Ferraro. And like you said, Ferraro making that impact all-time Nemo. What? How did Al hack into Andy Man's profile? Yeah, wow. And then he says, wait, not Nemo. Yeah, yeah, Al, Al uh, I see what you're trying to do. Aren't you supposed to be producing some 11 p.m. news down, yeah, down like, in get, the Central get Coast? Yeah, like, man's attack. Like, what's going on here? You know, yeah, what, what is this? Nemo? Come on, guys. Like, in, in, in 20 years, we're going to look back and we're going to say, we're going to look back and we're going to say, man, we had a lot of really good players, but goddamn, we wasted all of those seasons on Anthony Emmy and Martin Jones. <laughs> Right, uh, bird seven F thirty one. Don't be, don't be. Uh, Ryan Clo, uh, freezing, uh, probably said, Nabby. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, like there's a lot of guys I really, really like. Um, but put a gun to my head and I gave you the two that I'll give you. Yep. Uh, so quick reminder: this time next week, the game is a little bit earlier, but this time next week. You know, we are doing a Teal Town Takeover. It's a viewing party Saturday, November 30th at 5 p.m. Sharks versus the Coyotes, a.k.a. the Desert Dogs. So, of course, it would be appropriate of having a game viewing watch party at at a tap room. Uh, stuffed pizza in IBU tap room. That's at 1426 Dempsey Road in Milpitas. We got the game. We got... Sharks fans, pizza, prizes, giveaways. And yeah, we'll be doing After Dark Live from there. Uh, hopefully their internet is pretty good. So check that out. That's next next Saturday uh, uh, there. What are you laughing at, mister? Uh, just the uh, Haley being my favorite. He's totally my favorite. Oh, boy. Haley, John John with the super chat. Once again, thank you. Uh, Thank sur- you. Surprised nobody said crankshaft. Uh, I, look again, like uh, Douglas Murray. I mean, like there's a lot of guys that I've really liked over the span. I think Douglas Murray would definitely get at least an honorable mention um, right. before he completely fell off. Like Douglas Murray was a hell of a defenseman for for a while. It just unfortunately, um, Father Time caught up to him a lot quicker than you would have wanted. Yeah. Uh, Finality will be to cheat you right up there for me as well. Jay Clark, I have a spot spot for all the Sharks whipping boys except for Campbell. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, in case you missed anything, you know, watch this again. Catch us everywhere. Uh, you can find our content on your favorite podcatcher apps and more, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, 
SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, always available at TealTownUSA.com. So with that, we will bring a close to this edition. We get set for a quick turnaround this time, one day off, and then Monday Night Hockey in Los Angeles, the first meeting of the year between the Sharks and the Kings. What should we say uh, for this one? I don't know. How many games do you think Bertuzzo's going to get? I didn't see that hit. Oh, it's it's ugly. Really? Oh, yeah. All right. Let me get that. Um, Sleepy Mofo asking, have you taken up, are we taking up the entire thing? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you should try. You should try. You should tell all your friends. Uh, and, uh, okay, let me see what I can find here. Uh, I'm trying to see here what happened in this game, though. This is against Nashville. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. Uh, he's got a hearing tomorrow. Oh, boy. A nice little cross check by Arvidsson. That, that uh, is yeah, pretty ugly. Crossbar. That's Yeah, that's vicious. And then after that cross check after even, like, that's just into the, And then Bennington takes a shot. And, man, what a poor guy. Good thing hockey players are tough, eh? No kidding. No kidding. <sighs> Ouch. No. Uh, and and uh, as we see Mr. Zach Croft in here, uh, <laughs> and simple, Sharks need to stay out of the penalty box, six penalties tonight. Yep. We talked about yep. Zach, uh, and we mentioned you. It's like uh, they, they definitely did not listen to you today. So Well, the refs didn't do any favors either. Well, that's true. That's true. So that'll bring a close to this one. Uh, thank you very much for watching. Uh, Ian, your final thoughts and where the people can find you. Uh, you can always find me at the Twitter machine at Ian Blogs Hockey. Uh, sometimes they even say nice things. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, final thoughts, look at, uh, again, you know, it, it's it's sometimes it's important. It is important to win games, but it's also important how you win games. And the last two games are more along the lines of the way you want to see the Sharks win games. So um, obviously if, if the goaltending can keep this up and, and we can get a good stretch of goaltending out of this team, um, which, you know, we've really only had really little glimpses so far. So I really want to see some, some solid goaltending going forward, but if they can, if they can keep their goaltending playing as hot as it's been the last two games, then this team can make up a lot of ground because they're, like I said earlier, a lot of teams in front of them just kind of spinning in the mud. Yep. So this is when you want to take advantage. Um, you know what? Two big two big wins, two big teams over two good teams. Um, Got to keep it going. Yeah. And uh, keep on keeping on. Yep. Uh, uh, <laughs> John John with his super chat donation. I thought Haley was your fave, Ian. Um, I'm going to say no on that one. He's he's my favorite, least favorite. He's my favorite <laughs> player that I dislike. I don't know. I'm sure he's a nice guy too, which is you know unfortunate. Like, I hope people realize that when I dog on these people, I'm dogging on their play. I don't know them as people, and I'm sure they're fine people. Yeah. All right. So he's at Ian Blogs Hockey on the Twitter machine. Yes. I'm at Pet Guy Fourteen on the Twitter and the Instagram machine. We will be back with you Monday night following Sharks and Kings. Uh, should be a good one there in Staples Center as the Sharks go for three in a row uh, or win eight of, the, of their last nine games 
as they slowly claw back into the playoff race here. So appreciate everything and thank you for watching. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button down below. Of course, you know, make sure you uh, hit that notification bell. And of course, if you haven't already, like it. 22 likes, we appreciate it immensely. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be back with you on Monday. And until then, there's your subscribe button. There's her social media. We'll check out the videos. Don't forget Pecknologist coming up soon. And until then, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you Monday.